Welcome to Boiling Point. Have you ever been to a tropical rainforest with its endless greenery and wildlife everywhere? Our guest has, and she really never left. A part of her state, and upon her return home, she decided she needed to do something to protect these unique habitats and its biodiversity. So she founded an NGO and is now spreading the word about the importance of conserving the last wild places on our planet. Listen to the story in just a moment. Welcome back to Boiling Point, the weekly science show on Eastside 89.7 FM. I'm your host, Kat, and my guest today is Hannah Emde. Hannah is a veterinarian, book author, and conservationist, and loves the tropical rainforest of this planet. She recently published a book about her time in the jungle and her mission to protect these habitats. Welcome to the show, Hannah. Thank you so much. Hannah, tell us a bit about what is it that fascinates you so much about tropical rainforests? Oh, wow. Um, I think everything. <laughs> the green, the diversity of plants, of trees, of um, microbes, actually, and of course, all this wildlife. I've never been to a place where where so much different animals really live, from, from birds and insects to, to monkeys and different carnivores. So I fell in love with this place instantly, despite all the mosquitoes and leeches and all of these things. I'm just always fascinated by this ecosystem. And um, please tell us, what was your very first engagement in the, in the jungle, in the rainforest? Actually, that was still as a veterinarian student. Um, as an internship, I went to um, Borneo, um, the island, um, the Malaysian part, actually, in the north of um, Borneo. And there I worked in a small research station with different researchers from all over the world. Um, they did their PhDs and masters on, um, for example, orangutans, proboscis monkeys, or also the clouded leopard. And I was allowed to um, support them in their work with the veterinarian team because sometimes when they really worked um, hands-on the animals, um, we needed a vet team to do the anesthesia, to check all the vitals, to also take samples. And I was allowed to assist there. And that was so fascinating. And um, of course, also really a very important work that um, I came back there every few years and helped out. <laughs> That sounds super exciting. Um, did you have a favorite animal you work with? Yeah, actually, that is the Sunda clouded leopard. Um, it's a beautiful um, carnivore. Um, the fur pattern is just so extraordinary. It really reminds you of clouds. That's why it's called clouded leopard. And it's the um, main predator in Borneo, but it's already yeah almost extinct. It's really, really endangered, the whole species. And... That's so unbelievable because we almost don't know anything about these animals. They are really, yeah, rare and we don't, we didn't do any research on them the last years. So um, we really have to do a lot of work there if we still want to save the whole species. And yeah, he really inspired me, this animal. And it also inspired me to, to name my NGO, my German NGO, after this animal, Nepala. <laughs> <laughs> That's very cool. And you already, you mentioned it briefly that although you really love the rainforest, but there are also some parts or some aspects to the life in the endless greenery that are quite tiring after a while. So what is it that makes life a bit hard sometimes there? 
Yeah, it's true. I mean, it's fascinating to live with all these animals so close, but it's also really, really tiring if you always have hundreds of mosquitoes everywhere, every day, all these mosquito bites in the evening, um, itchy, <laughs> your whole body is itchy afterwards. Then all the leeches that can be really exhausting after um, yeah, a night walk and everything's bleeding and stuff. Then you have, of course, venomous animals, um, ugly centipedes in your boots and stuff. That's just, <laughs> yeah, it is exhausting after some time. But I think it's also um, quite difficult sometimes that you live with all these um people that you have never met before like eight people from all different countries on such a close space you cannot really go out you are always tied to mosquito nets because yeah of the mosquitoes and that really means you don't really have a lot of privacy and i think after a few months that can also be a, a challenge oh for sure yes i can imagine that so um you went to all those different oh well rainforest in different countries around the world but mm -hmm. uh, there are a few things that they all have in common so most of them are really threatened and there are quite a few factors yeah. that cause them to be threatened um can you give us a little summary what are the main issues those habitats face yeah i think the the main issue is the deforestation so on on borneo um the island uh, the biggest problem is the um, palm oil plantations um they are growing and growing because the demand for palm oil is still um, increasing in the whole world and that really means that the rainforest is just yeah cut down first for also the tropical woods and um yeah they make very good money and afterwards they burn everything down and then they um, grow these monocultures there where absolutely no diversity is happening anymore no animals no wildlife nothing because also the pesticides are really really toxic that they use over there and this is yeah death for all the species there it's, mm -hmm. it's really horrible because the the forest gets fragmented and in these um yeah rainforest fragments animals cannot really survive because they don't find enough food they cannot really cross the palm oil plantations they don't find any other um, animals and I think for Borneo that is the the biggest threat and it's increasing every year I go there and then in Brazil it was also the deforestation but there it's mainly for the soy plantations or the the cattle farms and all of this and in in Guatemala it was also um, the problem with the cattle that they um, cut down all the forests and in the Philippines it was a lot for sugarcane so I think behind all these threats there definitely is always the humans. <laughs> of course, yeah, I guess that doesn't come to a, as a surprise for most people. So um, that's why you came up with the idea, you and a few colleagues, to start or to um, found the NGO Nipada. Mm -hmm. And the idea is to fight for biodiversity or for the conservation of biodiversity. And um, what do you do in the organization to reach these goals? So we are um, a team of different experts from very different backgrounds. So we have sociologists, we have um, scientists, we have graphic designers and all these different people who work voluntarily in this NGO and really want to do something for conservation. And the one thing is that we do is um, support partner organizations all over the world that work in con conservation because I think it makes more sense to support the locals, then go there as a German NGO and say now, oh, we want to help the Scarlet Macaos in Guatemala. 
No, instead of that, we um, find local experts and organizations, we meet them, we look at their work and see what they're doing, and then we try to help them where we can. They can be um, being there as a vet and train the, the local people in the vet work, or we um, help them design a website or help them to fundraise and um, yeah get donations and all these different things. So we have different projects um, in the world that we support. And the other part is um, the environmental education, because I think it's really important to to talk about biodiversity, to understand the the big picture, why it's so important, why we humans need it, why the biodiversity crisis is at least as big as the climate crisis, if not even bigger. And um, we try that in, in schools in Germany uh, with um, different education material. We even developed an augmented reality app where we can bring the rainforest in the classroom. And this way we try to reach as many people as possible also through our social media channels and the website to talk about biodiversity and to, yeah, inspire to to conservation. <laughs> that is super exciting. What are usually the reactions you get when you go into schools um, and you talk to, to kids and teenagers about this topic? Like what, um, yeah, what are re the reactions you get there most of the time? On the one hand, I'm actually really impressed how much they know, like Palmer and stuff. They're really into it and they can tell me what you can do against it. And the best part, I think, is how excited they get, how motivated they are to to save the world, to save nature. They're not like as slow as adults and like all these worries <laughs> and, oh, that's not even possible, we are too late. No, they say, okay, Hannah, when can we go with you to the jungle and save the world? That's that's perfect. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so you will have a lot of um, research volunteers next time you go. Exactly. <laughs> So um, we mentioned before you wrote a book about your experiences and about the work of your NGO um, called, well, mm -hmm. it has a German name, Abenteuer Artenschutz. So um, mm -hmm. will there be an English translation soon? I think it's planned. Yeah. So for Thanks. now, um, we have an English version of the TV series coming out soon. Um, the TV series Hannah Goes Wild, but the book hopefully is also planned in English. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So what was it like to relive all those moments uh, back in the jungle? Oh, actually, I loved it. I really um, took out all my um, diaries from student times and the first um, trips to, to the jungle. And I loved like reliving all these different stations in my life and um, looking at old pictures and remembering all these um, situations. I mean, of course, also some scary ones when you are face to face with a Sumatran Cobra or something, but um, I really, really um, loved writing this book. And I hope you can also feel that when you read it, but I really enjoyed the different, um, yeah, rainforests I worked in. And of course it made me also very thoughtful because Many of these places don't exist like this anymore, which I visited, I don't know, 10 years ago. And um, that just shows you how, how drastically the situation is changing and how urgent it is to, to act against it. Yeah, well, I read the book and I really enjoyed it. And it I read it very quickly. So because I just wanted to yeah, keep reading. And then all of a sudden it was like I was at the end and that was a bit sad. So um, <laughs> so I hope one day there might be a sequel of it. 
But um, mm -hmm. <laughs> what, what would you like uh, people to take away from um, the experience when when reading the book? So for sure, it's the fascination for nature and wildlife. I think that's what I really want to um, give over to the people and want them to read that uh, between the lines, how, how much I love nature, why I love it so much, what it gives to me, because I have the feeling that many of us just are so occupied with work and living in cities and we, we kind of lose this, yeah, this relationship with nature. And of course, if you lose this and concentrate on other things, it's not even that valuable anymore to protect it. And I would love to change this point of view a bit again and um, yeah, show all the benefits and beautiful, the beauty of nature. And maybe that moves some people to change their lifestyle and look um, at also small things they can do from home to to protect biodiversity when they go to the supermarket and decide what they want to buy or if they take the bicycle or the car and all these different steps that can also yeah change big things I think <laughs> do you have that sounds really good do you have any more examples like in terms of for example the palm oil or um like any like say ethically or morally better choices you can make to to take, I mean to play your part yeah one of the biggest is definitely to eat less meat um i mean i am a vegetarian not everybody has to be a vegetarian but i think once a week meat should really be enough if it's really good meat from i don't know maybe even the cattle farmer you know from your region or something um that can take a lot of pressure away from nature that would be really really helpful and then also when you buy groceries look if they are kind of regional where you really need palm oil in it or where there would be good um other um, ideas i think that's a big thing but then also um if you have a garden please have some plants in there for the insects especially in europe we have a huge problem with the with the insects it's just going down and down and just try to embrace nature a bit and let them in in your way of living and don't just be ignorant and ignore it <laughs> <laughs> that sounds pretty good and i'm sure some of those steps are actually pretty small and they don't they don't hurt that much right but it's easy to yeah. do them so that's pretty awesome cool well um that was super interesting and i love your story and good luck with with everything and your future work and thanks for being my guest on the show um today hannah Thank you so much. Bye. Thanks for listening to Boiling Point. We will be back with a new science story next week. Bye for now.